RX Radio. Influencer Table on RX Radio. Get ready for the first ever Pulse Influencer Awards in Uganda, brought to you by Pulse Uganda. Welcome to yet another special edition of Influencers Table on your number one station, RX Radio. Hi, I'm Fat Boy, your host, and uh, Influencers Table is brought to you by Pulse Uganda and RX Radio. And it's all about talking to the movers and shakers on social media, the people we call influencers, the people who start the conversations, the people who uh, participate in uh, changing perceptions and uh, in selling ideas and uh, doing all kinds of other interesting things. Some influencers, yeah, are a little bit naughty and uh, post some cheeky things too. That's all nice. But uh, they have proven to be a very powerful force for shaping narratives, which is why you've got lots of companies now engaging influencers as part of their marketing campaigns. So I'm very happy that you could join us here today. And uh, what I normally like to do on Influencers Table is to have our guest influencers introduce themselves and talk to us about what it is that they do. So without further ado, let's uh, start this conversation with today's influencer. Welcome to the Fat Boy Show. Thank you, man. So uh, introduce yourself uh, for uh, the people listening. Tell us uh, who you are and uh, what you do as uh, an influencer. Okay, so I'm called Atham Singuzi, a full-time social media influencer. Full-time? Full-time. So you don't do it part-time, you do it full-time? Nah, full-time. Okay. Yeah. So I've been influencing for, I think, close to 10 years. 10 now. years? Yeah. So um, I'm mostly into, I was initially into more of writing and then uh, a little bit of blogging and then, but mostly into uh, using the social media platforms themselves to like put out my content and market different brands and uh, companies. Yeah, so I've worked, I think, with like uh, 99% mm-hmm. of like all brands, I think, the serious brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, when you say full-time influencing, um, is it something that you gradually grew into or did you just wake up one day quit your nine to five and said, today I'm going to be an influencer. And then you threw yourself into it and started doing your thing. No, actually I studied uh, journalism and communication at my career. Then uh, I studied mobile journalism Mm -hmm. from DW Academy. So I'm actually professionally trained to do what I'm doing today. Wow. I didn't just jump in and even initially when I was studying still, this is what I wanted to do. So, um, given your training in influencing, uh, tell us what it is uh, that uh, you actually do. What are the tools you bring into what you are doing and how effective are you as an influencer? So, um, in most cases, uh, you know, when we talk about tools, it's mostly analytics Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm a big lover of numbers to see what the return on investment is for the the client. Let's say if... um, what value are you as a as an influencer going to give to the client? You get me? So that is the part which I know really most of the times I'm interested in. So you find me doing a lot of reports. Mm-hmm. You find me doing a lot of uh, checking out analytics, uh, checking the data, seeing how things are changing. Wow, it's very technical. Data. Yes, yes, yes. So in addition to the content itself, content creation i really find it uh, i find most of my comfort in the numbers the numbers oh, trying to see what important. is working mm-hmm. so that you make you lay out a good strategy 
for a client mm-hmm. and then things move as they expected. So let's talk about numbers. It seems to be a very important component of uh, influencing um, many companies and correct me if I'm wrong, but they tend to be interested in engaging people they believe to have a large following, which is why you will see them typically uh, work with celebrities, people who are already famous, stars, musicians, actors, this sort of thing. People who seem to command a huge audience and these are the people that tend to do the influencing. Um, so when you say numbers, is that the critical thing and are these companies right to focus their attention on people who they think have the larger following is that the the magic here um very many people want to always want to dismiss the fact that numbers don't matter when it comes to influencing but to be honest the numbers matter significantly though they are not the ultimate thing there are very many opinion leaders very many intelligent people in the specific sector, let me say if it's oil and gas, that you specifically want to talk about that don't really have the numbers but have the knowledge. So uh, usually I would advise that if there's any company, for example in the oil and gas or energy, that is looking at uh, getting someone that is in there, they would probably get that opinion leader and then add them on plus the influencer so that whatever their message is, let me say it's climate change, whether it's uh, uh, balancing climate change with the environment, so that that knowledge is well articulated online because uh, social media has a lot of speculation, a lot of fake news, a lot of of wrong things going on, Mm -hmm. people making things for fun, even things that are serious. So in addition to the person that does not have the numbers, you really want to get a person with the numbers so that uh, you you reach what I talked about, your return on the investment. Otherwise, uh, it's like uh, selling your ad, putting your ad in a newspaper that is going to stop on the manager's desk. So how do you measure that uh, or how do you compute the return on the investment? Uh, I'm guessing that the clients have their way of looking at it and their criteria. Mm -hmm. And perhaps you have your own criteria that you suggest to them. Um, is it an issue of how many impressions, uh, let's say, a tweet gets if you decide to talk about a subject or a service or product that you are, you are hired to influence for? Um, or is it, uh, do they measure the end result, which is if, let's say, the idea is to have you influence to market a, a product that it will result in sales, increased sales, is that the metric by which we measure return on investment for influencing? Okay, so there's definitely different types of things to influence for, apart from the product itself getting sold or selling tickets or um, let me say selling products to sell out. So there's also behavior change, for example. You want people to start using condoms, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that has nothing to do with sales. So you have to get a different way of measuring that. So you just have to see um, uh, over the period. And that type of marketing and social media influencing usually requires a longer time. So it's not for bumping in that, okay, tomorrow we have a show and it sells out. Then you say, oh, my guys did. There you have to take a lot of time to study how the behavior of the people is changing in regards to uh, whatever your, your social media people are selling out. But to make it more more strategic, it's always important that you also look at the demographics. Um, you look at the age of people. For example, if it's uh, 
uh, you're looking at condoms and uh, HIV, um, you have to look at the target group that you think does not have that knowledge. For example, the people in primary up to primary school and then up to like um, secondary. So you go through all of those schools and always gradually try mm-hmm. to evaluate whether these people have picked up the knowledge. How do you do that? How do you evaluate? Yes. So, uh, for example, um, you can always go and get, uh, um, what is it called, like a form of where people can write what they now know, judging from how they started and uh, after you sharing your knowledge, how have they been changing? So they can always fill out forms and you try to find out how much they've known, for example, about their sexuality, their reproductive health system. Uh, let me say using pads, using condoms, stuff like that. Then alternatively, you can also find out on uh, their behaviors themselves. For example, if it's, let me say, teenage pregnancies, that's not something that is very hard to to put data on. Most of the schools, in fact, chase children away from school that get pregnant. So what have been the demographics, let me say, from 2017 to 2019, when you are uh, imparting these children with this knowledge, even if it's, let me say, the Bible or something like that, how have the people been changing over time? Uh, let me say crimes have you seen of such a sort since you started selling out this knowledge but in terms of the product um, let me say selling tickets and whatnot, you always judge by the feedback that is coming out from the people online are they satisfied with what they got from let me say a show Um, how many of those tickets right now it's very easy because um, you can even see if it's uh, let me say music you can see the downloads if it's a product, uh, you can always see the number of sales. Okay, so let's let's try and uh, put it in practical terms. So let's mm. say I am an artist, okay? Let's say I'm a musician and I want to release a single. And I'm worried that I'm going to have low reception, so I will uh, engage an influencer such as yourself. How would you assist me, an upcoming artist who's coming up with a new single, in what way would you positively impact, say, the downloads of my music or if it's a YouTube video, how many views it gets? Like, can you give me an example of what you would do as an influencer to benefit me mm. as the artist mm. if I came to you? Yeah. Uh, so as an artist, um, there, there's loads of things that you could do, um, including going on ground, including uh, leaving the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. So, um, among the many that you would do is, uh, for example, uh, having some activations and letting those activations get known on the social media platforms that, let me say, you're here, you're here. Um, The other thing is, uh, let me say you have a show. Let me say most of these guys who have shows Mm -hmm. going on and stuff. You can always collaborate with the influencers. And then, uh, let me say, most of them have podcasts. By the way, you can chat about your upcoming show and then uh, many of their listeners will, will get tuned in. Nowadays there are spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, a person with a very big following can host you on uh, on Instagram live, on Twitter spaces and then you get to talk about whatever you have because it's very hard also for you as an artist, big as you are with all of your numbers to really uh, make, let me say, someone's audience sway them to buy something uh, or go to a show, um, especially in a genre that they don't normally like. And you believe that maybe this influencer 
has that audience that you really want to tap into. Mm-hmm. So that's the collaborative effort that I would definitely mean a lot to you as an artist when it comes to the profits. You're clearly very knowledgeable about this. Uh, can you give us an idea? Uh, do you feel comfortable giving us an idea of uh, what kind of uh, revenues an influencer can expect to earn? An influencer who knows what he or she is doing. And someone who would be considering doing this full-time, what kind of money would they be expecting to, mm. to get? You know, it's very crazy. Um, usually, influencing is uh, is one of the sectors that um, is not regulated. So you have a very big chance of making all of the money you want, depending on your, how you bargain and what you're bringing on the table. Yeah, so I mean, is it uh, 100K, 200K, a million, 5, no, 10? of course, man, you can get into uh, millions. You can get... Depends into, on the client. Yeah, yeah. Even in a, in a week, because you have so many clients, by the way, you might even reach like 10 million in one week. 10 million in one week? Yeah, you can reach 10 million uh, even in a month. You might as well. But that depends on what I've talked about, how you sell yourself. If you sell yourself low, you're going to make uh, 50,000 in a month. Mm. You get. But if you have a good product that you're selling, you have something, um, very good platforms that you've profiled very well, Mm. definitely, you're going to have all of the clients coming to you and you always call the shots when it comes to the amount of money that you're going to make. So is it uh, one of those things where, um, is it a seasonal thing? Can one expect to earn a steady uh, revenue stream or income from doing influencing? Or is it seasonal where, you know, one day you get one nice deal, a good deal, uh, and then it's going to be a long while before you get another. Uh-huh. What yes. you could call job security yeah, in influencing. Yeah, yeah. So in this job security what I've noticed over the years is that very many people always fall out. For example, I'm, I'm sure you've been online and you've seen some influencers, I can't really name them, but over time, however good they used to be like in 2009, 2011, they are off right now. But there's those who have been consistent and up to 2022, they still have those companies that have been working with them. Well, isn't the challenge for an influencer and the sustainability of their career as influencers dependent on other ways to which they're engaging with their audiences and building an audience? So I would imagine that, you know, no one just says, oh, I like that influencer because he's uh, posting about this telecom and that beverage or that uh, event. It's like if I view you as just a soundboard for advertisements and announcements, I might lose an interest in you. So as an influencer, do you typically have to mix it up with uh, other content which may be unrelated to the influencing you're doing? Absolutely. Because you have to keep people interested. You have to give them a reason to keep following you. That's right. Right? Right. They will not follow you if Mm. all they're seeing on your account is, oh, buy this, buy that, buy this, go to this shop. Uh, So is that an important aspect of it and how do you manage it? That's 100% important because... um, if you look at most of the influencers, serious influencers TLs, they are mostly either events, they are maybe a product, like once in a while there's, let me say, a telecom which is selling something or let me say a, um, a gas company that is uh, trying to sell something. So you always want to get out of that and then create some other content that is uh, that is going to 
get you more followers. By the way, the, the content of selling products does not really get you so many followers. Now, in apart it, from clients, exactly the ones that are interested, you run the risk of losing your authenticity. Yes, because you'll simply be labeled a paid shill. Yes. just a PR uh-huh. for companies and so you will not be convincing in your influencing you will not be believable and therefore not impactful but and the challenge not really not really no, no? so uh, yes specifically uh talking about let me say a product that you normally use and it's really like part of you then it might go beyond you being looked at as a as an influencer but as one of the consumers of the product let me just give an example of a beer if you consistently consume a certain beer even in the bar even where when you just like it passionately and then a certain brand finds out that you really like this product or this beer of theirs and then they get you on board much as you're influencing you still like the product someone else trust me is going to take that specific beer just because you took it and it won't be about them seeing you as a let me say as an influencer for it or anything they just know you just like that yeah that's it tell me about the challenge of getting started as an influencer and also maintaining relevance ugandans typically like following people on social media who have a bit of notoriety who engage in controversy drama fighting you know aggressive arguments these are the people mm-hmm who typically attract a lot of uh, attention and whose posts get a lot of engagement so if they're like posting political uh, you know thoughts yeah. or, or or ideas or let's say they're criticizing the government or let's say they are um, making commentary about uh, relationships or gender or all this kind of stuff don't you run the risk uh, of becoming a bit too controversial in your bid to obtain a following and how should companies react to the fact that really deal with the reality that the people who are going to be compelling as influencers may sometimes not be too perfect in terms of uh how they are perceived i feel like it's a, you take the good with the bad when i think of many of the powerful voices on social media they occasionally cross the line uh in engaging behavior that may not be the best or most responsible but it attracts so much attention and so that then creates the huge following which they can then leverage uh, into influencing. So imagine I'm a marketing or brand manager of a corporate company, a beer let's say, and I'm looking at someone to influence my uh, my brand and as part of my campaign and there is this influencer who seems to get a lot of traction, people engage with these topics, they post comments and uh, he or she gets retweeted a lot. Um as a company, should I be concerned that my brand might be associated with the more controversial aspects of the influencer I'm engaging? Um, you know that's that's 100% the fear of most of the clients associating with the controversy. In most cases, the extent which have been extreme, they've even led to some of these contracts of those people being terminated. I've personally seen over time some people's contracts getting uh, terminated because of the mistakes that they did in their personal lives mm-hmm. away from social media and then the brand sees that okay this is not the type of person we want to uh, let me say market our brand and then they the most recent is uh is one of uh, let me say domestic violence weasel 
the allegation. I, I, I didn't want to mention that, <laughs> but okay. Most of the brands would definitely be like, you know what, now this person let let's remove them from what we had planned for them. So once as an influencer, you fail to know that at the end of the day, a certain brand or client can decide that they no longer want you on board because of your controversial issues. You start knowing exactly where to be controversial. So you're only controversial when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Get me? When it makes sense and it would make sense to your client, that's where you'll be controversial. But here's the irony is that if I were trying to market something uh, and there happens to be this celebrity embroiled in a controversy over something, some conflict you may be having with a fellow musician or some drama or some argument or some fallout and you know there's this viral trend going where there's beef uh i'd want a piece of that i'd want that guy to be my influencer because then i would know that uh, uh my campaign would have high impact because a lot of people are paying attention to this controversy do you not think i run the risk as a marketing manager of losing out on many of those opportunities because maybe I'm too scared of the negative uh, aspects of it being, uh, you know, maybe tarnishing my brand. Do you think uh, companies should be cautious about it or do you think they should be willing to take those risks? What do you think? There are some risks that are good to take. I remember one brand was talking about uh, women being in the kitchen or something. Uh-huh. But it was a threat. You get? Yes. After yes. some time, they clarified that actually we meant something else or something. So as a brand or as a social media influencer, if you plan out your content very well, it might come off as extreme. But if you have a very good plan, you've anticipated, you anticipate how how people's feelings and you say, okay, when this comes in, I'll do this. And you just, you just turn it around and you make it work for you. Exactly. So you always want to work with such a person. Wow, that's brilliant. And I think uh, there's more thought that goes into this than most people would acknowledge and appreciate. Absolutely. Well, it's definitely a growing field. Are you worried that uh, the field will get a bit too crowded the more people join in as influencers? Will there ever be saturation of influencers uh, and your cake might end up getting smaller and smaller? Do you worry about that? Absolutely. Anyone would worry about that. But over the years, let me tell you, every year that you add on is part of your reputation that you grow as a personal brand, as an influencer. So, which is a disadvantage to the person who has just started. Mm-hmm. Probably they'll just come to you maybe to get some knowledge or something like that. But you'd still remain as the brand that you've built over the years. So, the fear that you get out of the, um, of, uh, of let me say, this market would definitely deteriorate because... I personally believe that once you're selling something good to Ugandans, they'll obviously buy it. Mm -hmm. And the market is also extremely big. As the influencers become many, the market of companies, organizations also continue increasing. So the market is, is so big for everyone that comes on board. So I definitely welcome anyone who would want to be an influencer. But one thing is, that if you don't keep yourself, um, you, you don't have the morals. You know, very many people have talked about morals, morals, and it seems like a, some set, a rhetoric statement, but it's actually important. So you need the morals, you need to uh, do research, you need to keep up to date with whatever is going on, uh, keep up to date of how apps are changing. So that's what will always keep you up in the game. So even if other influencers have come, you'll still be on the top of your game. Ah. I guess my final question would be, um, 
to what extent should you as influencers manage uh, the expectations of your clients because i believe that uh, some clients might think too highly of what influencing can accomplish in other words they will believe that influencing alone by finding the right influencer is the magic bullet that will solve their problems that will push their brands do you think influencing is intended to be part of an integrated process that uh, factors in other aspects of marketing in a complementary way rather than a silver bullet as many marketing managers might be thinking and so they will go to the influencer and be like okay you have to push me like this like this like this in other words they expect you to perform miracles which may not be feasible uh and uh, when they don't obtain the results that were either promised by the influencer then this might change their impression of influencing and then they decide it doesn't work do you see that as part of the process in trying to educate the clients about what it is uh, influencing can accomplish and what it can't accomplish yes so that's a very good question and uh, in most cases it has made me lose a lot of money mm-hmm. because very many clients think you you may be going to bring heaven on earth for them as one person which is impossible you get because if it's a bad product yes. no matter how you influence it won't sell exactly so <laughs> the thing is clients need to understand that influencers can't work alone influencers have to work with the yes uh, with the other forms of new media they have to work with the traditional media that uh, let me say radio tv papers and what not um and then plus the new media you get other than that even if you got me for i don't know like 10 years or 5 years to sell your product and then i'll be so known up for your product still it won't do much if you're not put using other aspects of the media yes and even if in fact i've always just dismissed some of these clients and i just tell them you turn them down yeah, i say sorry you, if you're not understanding my point then it's okay you can get another person uh, and they try and push your product and you tell me whether whether what i told you at the end of the day will be wrong <laughs> than me just eating your money uh, just because i maybe i have to pay rent or something like that you know because well, uh, that's what i was talking about if you're always uh, delivering things that are mediocre to each and every client definitely you won't stay in the game for long people will start noticing and if there was a, a website or something for evaluating influencers over time you'd have like you know like how one of those uh, transporting companies has those five stars mm-hmm. where you're rated 000 <laughs> like they say ah this nigga never delivers you get <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 something like that. so you definitely don't want that you'd be like you know what you can eat your money or you can give it to someone else but if you're not putting this strategy that i'm talking about into your plan help you the execution of uh, whatever you're selling or selling your product or something then i definitely don't want to be part of the failure of your product wow yeah i think i admire that uh, in you having spoken to you at great length now i mean uh, you are a man of integrity and i think that is going to pay off in the long run especially when you're thinking of it as a sustainable career as you say you can decide you want to make a quick buck promise heaven and earth take their money the client's disappointed and that's the end of it you don't get any more but if you can work with them talk to them get involved as part of the team in other words you're not an island you're part of the whole process uh, and i think that way they'll get much better value for money from Absolutely. their influencers Tell us where people can find you if they want to find out the more information from you if they wish to engage your services where can they go 
yeah so uh definitely since you're talking about social media i'm online um and my handle is at digital didan okay yeah so check me out i think uh you can go to snapchat you can go to twitter you can go to same handle of course yeah, yeah plus my whatsapp number um but mostly you can hit me up on uh, on most of these platforms you can my dms are always open you can just come let me know if if you just want a device even if you're not you don't want to sell anything just a device in terms of strategy that you can execute mm-hmm. yeah that's still cool and then maybe when you're ready you can always come on board well it's yeah. been a pleasure talking to you this has been yeah, a fantastic conversation well. <laughs> yeah. i've learned a lot from you today thank you thank yeah. you your questions were as well uh well informed <laughs> yeah. or maybe i'm just too curious for my own good uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for uh, sticking around and uh, engaging in this conversation with us here at uh, Influencer Table. It's what we do. We talk to the movers and shakers, the influencers out there that are making a difference and shaping narratives. Over the course of this series, we're going to talk to more influencers and learn more about the field of influencing in case, for example, you would like to participate in it. Uh, I don't know. Is it something I might consider doing? Who knows? Maybe one day I might. Well, uh, Influencers Table is proudly brought to you by Pulse Uganda and your number one station, RX Radio. Catch you on the next one. Influencer Table on RX Radio. Get ready for the first ever Pulse Influencer Awards in Uganda, brought to you by Pulse Uganda. The Fat Boy Show.